Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. On this podcast, the goal is not just to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon and talk about what we're learning and what God is doing in us and in our community. The sermon you're about to listen to comes from our summer 2023 series, Living Stones. In this series, we're looking at who Jesus is calling us to be as he builds us into a spiritual home. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. You had a whole chapter this week. I, I did read a whole chapter. Talk about that. And it wasn't a like, oh, here's a 12-verse chapter. <laughs> 23 verses. Well, who was counting? Not us, because we The guy it. who had to read it. So where, where within that were you like, I can't lose a single one of these? Like, did you try and bring it down into smaller... Yeah, and I felt like I couldn't cut off anything from the front end of it because that's where it's you know it starts right in chapter four does um, talking about how Sanballat and these other leaders felt about the work that was being done on the wall, mm-hmm. and so that felt key. But then it wasn't until the very end where it starts, where it really says clearly, and so, you know, they were doing stuff like carrying material in one hand and a sword in the other, and, you know, it didn't feel like until the end of that chapter it really got clear about what that looked like and the multitasking that was involved for them. And then, I mean, I maybe could have taken off the last verse or two, but... At that point, might as well read the whole chapter. And you were talking about, uh, at least I remember hearing it, as forming families and how important that was. Mm-hmm. And so, how many... In my written notes, it was shaping families. But I might have said forming families a couple times. Forming families sounds like we need to start repopulating this church. Through natural reproduction, is that what you're yes. insinuating? Um, I mean... Three cheers for that. There's, there's there's several families who are helping us there. But no, that that's not what I really was intending to imply. Okay, so you're talking about shaping families and... Shaping families, forming youth and kids. And the biggest contributor to the kids coming to Christ or being led into the faith was via their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. And so I wanted to get into like... As a parent, as a new parent, but also for parents of our kids, of our youth, what does that look like on a day-to-day? Do we just, do we do a family devotional together? Do we, when kids disobey us, do we use scripture as the rebuttal to point them to scripture? Like, what does this look like? Or what what does this stem from? Perfect dad. Certainly not uh, the the perfect parent sitting here answering these questions. Um, and, I mean, if I'm real honest, we've never been super good about doing like a sit down family devotion kind of thing together. Um, that's never been not that it hasn't been a priority, but I mean, I guess if we've not done it, it hasn't been a priority. Uh, but we've done things like reading to our kids from different Bibles at bedtime, you know, as we're putting them to bed and, you know, that being one of the things that we use to, to shape that time. Um, since we homeschool our kids, we build into their school curriculum, you know, a time to, to do a daily devotion 
each day, um, especially once they get up into those ages where they're reading on their own and they can, you know, start to build those practices themselves. But I think it looks most like modeling in our own personal life what it looks like to follow Jesus and making those things priority in our lives. And so, you know, one of the things that I try to do is is here in the parsonage, we have one room that's, you know, like an office. We call it the study bookshelves and desk and all that kind of stuff. And if it was entirely just up to me, that's where I would disappear to and do my quiet time each day with, you know, a pot of coffee and my Bible and a journal and and that kind of stuff. But I don't think that helps my kids see it. I don't think that helps my kids know, oh, it's important to dad to spend time reading the Bible each day, not just in the office, not just for church, but to do it himself. And so instead of doing what feels natural to me, I actually sit down in the living room and do it there, or I sit at the dining room table and do it there. Um, So that way it's in amongst the life of the family and they can see it. They can, you know, sometimes they ask where I'm reading or what I'm reading or, um, you know, and then it leads to a conversation, which I think is the other important part, not just modeling it for our kids, but being willing to have conversations and engage questions even when we don't necessarily have all the answers, you know, it might be that we're working through something and, you know, we, we feel like God's shifting our view on something. And I think it's okay to have those conversations in the midst of of the questions and not feel like because we're the parents, we're the ones in the authority role, we have to have the answer and a fixed, firm position on every issue yeah. that come up in our lives and our kids' lives and the culture. And we can, we can wrestle through some of that and invite our kids into wrestling and, and help them see then how we're still being formed in those, in relation to those issues. And what are we going to, to help figure out some answers? Are we just, you know, looking at culture? Are we looking at, politics? Are we going to scripture? Are we having conversations with other believers um, who can help us work through those issues? You know, what are we doing? Let our kids see that. It's another part of modeling, but it's specifically being willing to have those conversations about the hard things. Yeah. Uh, I always always reflect back on a teacher friend of ours that always said, some things are taught, most things are caught. Uh Uh-huh means that the kids pick up on what you're doing and from your example and so if you're not taking the time to be in close relationship with God then the kids won't see that as a priority as well and um, even if we feel like we don't have the time because we're trying to raise the kids well Mm -hmm. and right Mm -hmm. um, but we don't see uh, time with God is the source of, of being able to do that practically. That's very important. 
Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that the way I do it is the way everybody has to. I recognize that. No, I recognize that our context looks different than a lot of people. You know, our, our boys are home in the mornings because we homeschool. I have flexibility on when I get over to the office. Um, if you're a parent who has to get up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning to have your quiet time, um, so that way you can then get on with all the other stuff of getting your kids to school and getting to work. Like, by all means, it's more important to do it than to try to fit it in somewhere that it doesn't really fit and not do it. But even, yeah, absolutely. And even then, I, I would say that that's still kind of accomplishing it, even if it's not out in the open of that time with God and then how that time you spent with him early in the morning when everyone's asleep is reflected throughout the rest of your day of how he's constantly changing and working on your heart and your life. Sure. I think you just have to be a little more intentional to point back to that time yes. because other the, the kids and the other people in your household aren't seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit about um, what it looks like to help shape parents and why that's mm-hmm. important, why they're the primary people who are going to form their kids. But one of the other things I mentioned in in the sermon as we shifted kind of, you know, from talking about forming our kids and our youth was talking about um, empowering the young leaders in our church. And I mentioned just in passing uh, some of the good things or that God is doing good things among our young adult group. Jeremy, what are some of the things that you're seeing that God's doing there. And I'm going to leave it vague and wide open well, for you. Yeah, no, because there's, there's a lot. And I think it's one of those things that when you're not in it, you just think, oh, this is another hour-long programming within the week. And they're learning. Jeremy, has there been a single time you've met with the young adults where it's only lasted an hour? No, no, no. Even the nights that I try to cut short. So so what we do, we have Sunday school um, at nine o'clock for our young adults and um, Wednesday nights. And you don't lead Sunday school. I don't lead Sunday school. Because you're leading youth. I'm running youth. Yeah. Yeah. So they've they've taken that on their own and they've they've had a good um, consistent group going there. And um, and then on Wednesday nights, we have we just call young adults, I guess, at seven o'clock. It's it's kind of morphed and changed since we've done it. The curriculum we use or stuff that we open up with, and then we did class meeting during Lent, and we've kept that uh, a vital part of our uh, official time together. Uh, so from 7 to usually 8, 8.15, we'll do a devotional or a study, and then we'll do a class meeting of how's your relationship with God been this week and hearing testimonies, and then we'll do praises and prayer requests and kind of close things up simple and sweet. But then we just allow it to be an open time afterwards of, it's an open time. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want to happen can happen. Mm-hmm. It can range from it's just some people have work the next morning. They get up, they go. Right. Yeah. So as soon as prayer request ends, people know that they're tired and they're like, "Okay, guys, have a good night," and they head out. We make it. We we have a culture where um, people are just very comfortable leaving whenever they want. So yeah. it's not like, uh, "Why are you going?" or "Where?" Like, mm-hmm. you got to go. You got to go. And. Um, Also, one of the most impressive things about our young adults group 
uh, is that whenever we have a new person, which when we started getting frequent new people, mm-hmm. I was like trying to go around the group, have everyone share their name. And then people were just like kind of tired of that. Yeah. And so we, we ended up in the spring, we had a new person every week for three plus months, Yeah, um, which was just amazing and such a blessing. They heard from us from the website, from friends inviting them, from whatever it might be. And what I want to commend our young adults on is that we have a culture in which when our time is up at 8.15, they intentionally engage the new people. Yeah. And so it's so much better than a, now I know their name, and then they don't talk to me afterwards if they just say hi. Like, they're very intentional about starting a conversation, getting to know mm-hmm. the new person. And so that's just been really, really beautiful to see. And so that time can be used for getting to know new people, catching up with each other. Sometimes we get into really deep theological conversations, um, or we play cards at the table. Like, it can be a whole ranging, all of those things at once. We've been averaging over a dozen people each week, even through the summer. And so, there's space for us to hold all that Right, right, right. You don't have time. to be in one group because yeah, it's just one circle and yeah. like one person dictates kind of what the the vibe for the evening is. No, we have sometimes starts as ping pong and leads into deep conversations there. And so, a, a testimony I'd love to share, and, and maybe I'll reflect on it in a traces of grace. Is this past Wednesday? Um, so on a normal week, I'll usually get home between 9.30 and 10.30 mm-hmm. is when I'll get back when people are heading out. Uh, and this past week, I didn't get in until about 1 a.m. Yeah. And it, and it was just amazing to witness. So we closed up our time. Um, everybody, I believe everybody stayed back for at least an hour, hour and a half, which was awesome. Just socializing, catching up, variety of things happening, playing some games in the other room, in the, in the youth room. And then we had about six people stay back after that point that stayed until about 11.45. Oof. Uh, That's past two, my bedtime, Jeremy. <laughs> I was so tired. In, in, two different, in two different rooms, starting off with some silly conversations, then getting into some really deep theological conversations. And I was kind of jumping between the two, just seeing where I could best be used. And um, that was really lovely. Then two people left around 11.45. And then the last of us stayed another about half hour, 40 minutes talking about fun topics that were on people's minds mm-hmm. and um, able to have really fruitful conversations there. And by fun, you mean like deep stuff, yeah, not just deep, like yeah, silly stuff. Yeah, sorry. Fun uh, Fun is the first word that comes to mind because it was deep theological topics that I didn't anticipate talking about at midnight. Yeah. And so I was exhausted, mm-hmm. um, but I knew that, you know, God was using it and using yeah. his time. So I literally asked him, I was like, is it all right if I continue this conversation while laying on the floor? Right, <laughs> so right, right, right. I laid on the floor, like therapy on a couch style with my arms over my chest and mm-hmm. just continued to have this dialogue, which was really great. And um, as people started, we're like, you know what, it's getting late or it's been late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll call it a night. And so we started heading out. And uh, one of the people, essentially, we got we got started talking on the way out of the door of another conversation, what's going on in their life and career and next steps and all these things and looking for the calling of God. And God started to use scriptures that I had been in 
recently in Ephesians, but you know, if you got to listen to my sermon a couple weeks ago, um, just reading through the whole book of Ephesians and God was just able to use some of those scriptures that were fresh in my head yeah. to present to someone that knows scripture has read scripture, familiar even with those particular scriptures, but just needed to hear it for them in this time, in this season, and potentially in a new way, whether it be a new translation or changing the words to be their name instead of a generalized yeah, yeah. to the church. And um, well, just to tie this back to our yeah. conversation last week, was there somewhere through the evening or maybe at the start of the this conversation where you just felt that nudge from the spirit or like a leading from the spirit, like this conversation needs to happen Absolutely. tonight. Absolutely. And that's where like, cause I was literally dragging as I'm trying to get them, not trying to get them out the door, yeah, but yeah. Like getting out, the, out of the door. I was just trying like ready to fall asleep, hit my pillow. And then like whatever phrase, I forget what they said to like start off the conversation. I was like, this needs more time. And yeah. so I was like, let's just sit back here in front of yeah. the parlor room and just like, immediate energy surge. I wasn't like an adrenaline rush type thing. Right, right, right. But I wasn't nearly as drained as I was before. Yeah. And so definitely the nudge just to have the conversation and then just consistently the scripture. Yeah. And then there was one point where like I felt like we were rounding off and I said something to the effect of like, I don't really have anything beautiful or poetic to kind of close out this conversation. And then as I continued on, like, God just continued to pour out, like, <laughs> uh -huh. really beautiful, well-rounded, like, things that I felt like he really wanted to say to this person. Um, and again, it was more of a nudge Holy Spirit, like, leading the words coming out of my mouth versus a, Jeremy, tell him this. Right, right, right. You know, sure. Kind of thing. And so just having that kind of pour out and, like, we're, we're both there in tears at certain points, um, which is just like, just beautiful how God just, uh, and I think that's kind of where the, after I was like, I have no way to like poetically mm -hmm. close this off. And then just on reflection, I was like, to think how you might feel separated from God at this time to whatever degree or in a certain mm -hmm. area. And God lined up all of the conversations of the past four hours after young adults to line up to allow us to have this conversation now at 1230 in the morning. Yeah. It was just like, that's how much God loves and cares about you yeah. is that he's willing to have silly and serious conversation, games of ping pong to line us both up after night for the longest Young adults night, I think, and the whole time I've been here, I think we've gotten close to midnight before, but that was about it for us to have this conversation because he wanted to share not Jeremy's words, yeah. but his words, the scripture I was sharing and all these things um, to you. And um, and then we closed it out with um, a prayer that I, I'll, I'll just read to the to the people, to the listeners, because I think this is a beautiful prayer that we can just pray over anyone if you're ever short of a prayer that comes to mind that uh, Ephesians 3 starting at verse 14 yeah. is a lovely prayer and I'll try my best to make it personalized as if we're currently praying it. and this is how I tried to pray it the other evening out of NLT sorry it's just what I've been reading lately yeah I start halfway through the verse uh, we pray to the father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth and I pray that your glorious unlimited resources will empower you and you can insert the person's name uh, where it says you just use my name for the scott example. there we go empower scott with inner strength through your spirit then you will make your home in scott's heart 
as Scott trusts in you. Mm. That Scott's roots will grow down in your love and keep Scott strong. And may Scott have the power to understand, as all your people should know, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May Scott experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then Scott will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to you, who is able, through your mighty power at work within Scott, to accomplish infinitely more than Scott might ask or think. Glory to you in the church and in your son Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And and we did we did a hyper focus on that 20 of now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And we even talked about this with youth at Sunday school of all of the expectations that we put on ourselves, that our parents put on ourselves, that society puts on us. And we feel like if we don't reach a certain level or bar in certain areas of our lives, that we are failures. Mm -hmm. And yet those areas aren't always important to God. He can use those areas. You yeah. can use your career, your romantic sure. relationships, your education, whatever, for his glory. But if you don't get a bachelor's degree, okay, you're now alongside everyone in the Bible. Sure. <laughs> right? So, it's okay. And so, you know, the, the you know people make the argument, well, none of the apostles um, went to seminary, but... They walked daily with Jesus. Yeah. And so the more important thing is walking daily with God. And so trying to just give us, readjust our perspectives and then not just think, oh, well, God wants me to be miserable and horrible. Like he has things prepared for us that are infinitely greater than what we can ask or think. Yeah. And I have a pretty good imagination. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's it's about bringing ourselves into cooperation with what God's doing, right? Absolutely. You know, he's got these plans, but he's not just going to dump them on us. He wants us to walk with him into those things. Yeah. And, and, and even then, like, I had so many goals and set things for travel and stuff mm -hmm. in my life and all those things and set that as such a high priority. And um, there's, when walking with God, there's so many simple moments, maybe by the world's standards, that are far more impactful and beautiful and holy and, and fill me with blessings than that. Like even just this past Wednesday night, like everything that I'd experienced and was able to share and like just see God at work mm -hmm. in this church, in this area, specific area of the church's ministry. I mean, I can't think of any like one evening on a vacation that came anywhere close to yeah. witnessing God at work. Yeah. Like it, it. Nothing quite like it. Yeah, no. And so that's where it's harder, I think, when maybe you haven't experienced it or witnessed mm -hmm. it, that the things of the world seem to still be much more enticing. Yeah. But it's, it's well worth it. And so it's. Yeah. And this is where we want, you know, to see some of our older generations of saints here at the church 
to be able to share some of those things with some of these young leaders and to bring them along, you know, whether they're serving in a ministry together or on a committee together to, to take time to share, not just like, this is how we used to do it, or this is what's worked or not in the past, but to share like, this is how we've seen God work in this area over the years. And this is the legacy that you're now coming into and being part of. I'm excited to see that. I'd love to see that happen in the church. And I think there's, it's, it seems so intimidating to try and connect the generation sometimes. Yeah. Especially from the wiser generations uh, where I've heard now and again, like they don't want anything to do with us older folk Mm -hmm. or like, how can we even relate with them or stuff like that? But I think something as simple, like just going through a church directory and calling and reaching the younger families, younger adults, whatever it might be. So I'm saying, hi, I'm whoever from church. I uh, was just curious if there's anything that I can be praying for you. Yeah. Something as simple as that. You don't need to understand TikTok. You don't need to right. <laughs> become best Praise friends. Jesus. I don't understand and that. Like, even. To able to make that connection, show our younger people that they're loved for, they're cared for, they're a part of this body, I think goes goes so far and then that can bridge connections for post service yeah of when you see young adults say hello you don't need to have a whole speech prepared you don't you know whatever the some of the churches i've gotten to visit the ones that just said hi this is my name this is you know we're so glad you're able to join us and that's it they left it at that that's where we felt most welcome mm-hmm. was just sure. that simple introduction, like wanted you to know that you're seen, you're loved. And then if that person wants to conversate more, it kind of opens that door to do so. Yeah. But just that simple, simple thing, just, I don't know, it just made us feel very welcome, mm-hmm. short and sweet. Um, but it opens the opportunity to have longer conversations. And we may never have those longer conversations if we don't open those doors or start those with those simple things. But yeah, I think our young adults are doing a lot of amazing things, uh, especially our uh, young Miss Hannah Plotz. And so I would love uh, for us to shift over and talk to her about what God is doing in her life uh, and specifically what she's doing at FUMC Collingswood. We just talked about last Wednesday where you've grown and you've talked a lot about how since 2022 that you've grown a lot. And so I'm curious, how have you grown? Um, My relationship with Jesus has definitely grown. Like, I always believed. I always believed in God. And the past, like, couple years, like, I've tried to, like, push that relationship with Jesus. But I don't think it really, like, clicked till maybe a year or two years ago. Um, And once, like, I found that, like, he's there and he's really listening and he really loves you and cares about you. Like, once I found that, like peace and love that he provides I was like okay this is it and like it all makes sense and like this is who I can put my full trust in and just surrender myself to and let just lead my life because I was trying to on my own and just everything was failing so miserably and once I started that journey of just praying just so much um and just being able to like hear him in a way just even the silence was just so comforting because I knew that he was listening once I started praying and like actually like actually reading my bible and like I was able to I don't know I guess just like put the pieces together of like now this all makes sense and like I get why Christians 
are Christians, you know, like I understand it now. And that kind of put my whole life into a different perspective. And I found joy where that's where I was lacking. And I found peace where that's where I was lacking because my life was just a jumbled mess. Mm. And it's not like the path isn't clear for me yet, but like there is that sense of like trust where maybe I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that there are good things for me as long as I I keep this path and I keep this relationship with Jesus. And I think that's the most important thing. Like anyone can be like, know the Bible, but to like know Jesus is so different. And I think that's what's gonna be so important for the children's ministry is like, yes, let's get you to believe in God. That's great, that's the first step. But even the demons believed in God. It's that developing, <laughs> it's that developing that relationship with Jesus that's so important. And if I did that when I was young, I I would have still gone through trials and tribulations, but I would have looked at it so differently and I would have responded so differently and my life would have looked a lot different. So if we can like make these kids understand, that sounds like harsh, but like if we can show them and model to them that like, this is more than just reading the Bible, this is a lifestyle and this is, this is how we get through life and in the best way, if we have that relationship, your life is going to look so much better. You're going to find that joy and you're going to find that peace. And I think that's what's missing a lot, like in children's ministry is like, they know the Bible, they know the stories, they believe in God, but they don't know what having a relationship with Jesus is. And I feel like that's what I was missing. Like in my Sunday school was mm. like, I don't know, just it being shown to me that it's so much more than stories and praying and reading and going to church like the relationship is what you're looking for and that's like the best thing you can get out of it so hannah's mentioned some uh children's ministry stuff and sharing about what god's doing in your life uh if you don't know hannah is going to be part or is part of our new children's ministry leadership team. And specifically, she is coordinating and overseeing our kids' Sunday school programs and everything that happens Sunday mornings for our kids. Uh, so, Hannah, uh, what are some things you're excited? Uh, I've We've just heard a little bit about your, your vision for what you want to see happen with the kids, but what are some things? How are you going to help them to make that jump from just knowing the Bible stories or knowing about God and to, to help them start that relationship? I feel like the first thing is definitely prayer because that opens up that communication um, with Jesus. Um, at least that's how I did it. And it worked. You know, it started something. So I don't know, just just simple things and like teaching them how to pray and like the importance of prayer and like let's remember to like pray for our friends like throughout the week and like let's see let's see how he takes those prayers and how he answers them and let's okay you didn't get the lego box set that you wanted <laughs> you may not have gotten that but what else what else did you get or or how else is he working in your life? Like mm -hmm. God says no a lot of the times and let's figure out how to not be upset with that no that we so oftentimes get. Um, so I think just 
prayer focused and like like I said like praying for our friends because it's so easy to like pray for ourselves but like the Bible teaches you to be kind and love others and I think one way to like really love others is to just pray for them because prayer is so powerful and I feel like if our kids learn how to pray and like understand the importance of it um that'll just like I said, just like boost that relationship because that is the communication that you have with the Lord. So that's really important. And also reading the Bible. And no, they're not going to be reading like a chapter a day, but like studying scripture in a way that's like obviously age appropriate, Mm -hmm. but like more than just let's learn about Jonah today. Like let's look at that and let's look at the rest of the Bible and see where, okay, or let's take Abraham. Let's look throughout the Bible and see where else Abraham is in the Bible. And let's, or Jesus, like he's here and he's here and he's prophesied here. He's everywhere. So mm-hmm. like, let's look at that, like all the connections because it makes sense. And like when I was first starting to study the Bible, um, I was in Isaiah and also Mark. And it's when he heals the deaf man. Mm-hmm. And then in Isaiah, I forget the verse, but he talks about, how the promised one will heal the deaf and the blind. And I was like, whoa, like once you make those connections, like it's really awesome. And then it's like, this is like legit, like this is real. Um, And so I think that's really cool. And I think it's interesting, especially when you're young, when you start to see those connections, it's like the Lord is throughout all of time because the Bible was written in such a vast period of time. And I don't know, if you're young, I think that's, I mean, if you're old, that's really cool. But like when you're young and you start to see that, it's like, wow, this is the truth. And I think that's really important. Yeah, because I I think I was pretty old by the time I realized that all of Scripture, all these different stories that you're reading, you know, through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, that all of it are telling one story that leads to Jesus. Right. Yeah, I think... Uh, growing up the perspective as a kid like i knew the jesus stuff was all real but it almost felt like a collection of like i don't want to say fairy tale but when you're constantly told fairy tale stories at that age like the only difference from my child perspective was like these include god and and god is real um and so to like not just make it seem like another cute story that they read out of any book on a children's bookshelf um but like to know that it happened and that like god has done these things over time and making those connections um even at a young age i think is really really beautiful and i'm glad that you're gonna have that work and not me because i thrive better with youth (laughs) (laughs) and i don't even thrive with them so that's why we have you guys just got down on tiktok you'll be set no (laughs) no hannah you're not too old yet you know you're still in your 20s if i'm correct right that is correct still in your 20s i feel kind of old but that's all right earlier she referred to saying when i was young do you mean now (laughs) (laughs) that's all right We, we all still I think if we're on to, I often still feel young. Well, I was at a meeting the other day and I looked around and I'm like, huh, there's like 30 people in this room. I'm one of the three youngest. And I wasn't here at the church. But anyway, how does it feel, Hannah, to be a young adult and to be 
entrusted with this kind of leadership in our kids' ministry? Um, it's definitely a little bit intimidating. I'm not going to lie. When you first had brought it up and asked me, I was like, I don't think I have the certification for that or the qualifications. But, you know, if the Lord is calling you to do something, you don't need that specific degree or whatever. Um, I've prayed about it a lot, and I feel like this is this is what I should be doing. Um, and I know that there's so many different people that I can go to if I have mm. questions. Like, so many people have expressed to me, like, if you need anything, if you have questions, just come to me. And I was like, I will take you up on that. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Um, but it's also cool because, I don't know, I feel like it wasn't that long ago where I was, like, a child. So, like, I feel like I still... I don't know. It's like weird because I know like at least from when I was a kid, I know how it was and I know how it's so different from people that are like a lot older than me. Like, mm. for example, like I was walking into the young adults one time and there was a elderly couple standing out there and I was walking in and they stopped me and they were like, oh, um, do you go to this church? I was like, yeah, I go to this church. And they were telling me that they used to go here. But that was back when you would get out early on Wednesday everyone would get out early on Wednesday for school and they would have like a church event. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, so it's interesting to see how much like culture like influences everything. And I feel like sometimes um, people who are like older than me, they don't understand like how bad it's gotten, I guess. And like how antichrist the world can be Mm -hmm. like even from when I was in high school, like, I went to public school, and it was so anti-Christianity, and, like, that amazed me, and I felt, like, so out of place, mm-hmm. um, and I tried to fit in, but I was still so out of place, mm-hmm. and then just from, like, my brothers being in high school now, it's still, like, it's so much worse, I'll say, um, like, even in those couple of years, so, like, the world changes so fast, Yeah, and I think because I'm younger, I have, like, better idea of like and how different it is and so what the like, kids are facing today yeah versus 10 years ago even also that like there's so much especially with like social media and just like the internet in general like that's a whole new like spiritual warfare that you have to face like that is absolutely insane i guess i'm like i don't want to say better in tune with it but mm-hmm. i i think i have like a pretty good concept of like what's going on and like what you really need to look out for and like the spiritual warfare is so real and i feel like a lot of people they know it but like if you've been out of school or out of the loop for so long like you forget like how bad it really is even not being so far removed from it like when i think when i look at my kids and i see like eli i'm like when i was his age we didn't even have the internet we didn't have cell phones. We could watch TV, but I mean, it wasn't the same as like the internet and the way video games are such a part of everything right now and for kids and like even just being that far removed, it still it just blows me away how different the world is. Yeah. Being like you're saying, like in the trenches, is that for those that don't know that Hannah has siblings that are under the age of 12, two siblings, right? 12 and under? 12 and under, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 12 and under. And so it's not a like, 
oh, I see some kids at church that are going through this and I'm aware of like general culture of kids and stuff through your studies at college. But like you see the day to day of what that age is going through in your own home. Right. Yeah. Just like I think they want to grow up so fast. Like the Internet like is pushing people to grow up so fast. And it's like, no, no, no. Stop. Stay a child. Stay pure. Stay innocent. <laughs> because that's really what at least what I've seen even like teenage girls. It's like be an adult right now. It's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Take your time. Like you have so much growing and learning to do like emotionally and like. I feel like especially like social media is like pushing you to be like a grown woman when you're 12 years old. And yeah. it's like, you cannot do, you're not ready for that. You're 12. Mm-hmm. And I try to like protect like Mary and Timothy. Um, and I think like the best way to do that is to just like push that relationship with Jesus because mm-hmm. then they'll learn what love really is. Yeah. And they'll learn like their worth and like how the Lord sees them. And that's something that I really struggled with when I was a teenager. And I know so many people do. So like if they're young and they're learning that, that like you are fearfully and wonderfully made, like you do not change, you do not need to change to like fit the standards of like the world. I think that's a lot of what our youth is facing right now. It's like you have to be this, mm-hmm. but that's not how God wants you to be. Well, that's our conversation for today, but that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.